Hi, and welcome to the Reclamation Project Podcast. We are so glad that you're here, that you're listening, and hopefully that you are a part of the conversation. We've been going through over the last couple of weeks uh, just kind of this concept of building, of, of building up foundations, of building up walls that, that enrich our lives, that are, are good for us, of, of building up how we build up pride and how we can um, instead build up humility and, and, and live for other people. We talked about building up confidence and how how we can be confident um, in a lot of the things that we do and, and not be prideful um, and how confidence plays a role in our lives. And uh, this week, we're kind of continuing that, but instead of talking about building, I think we're talking about how we can lay down. And specifically, we're talking about sacrifice here. And sacrifice uh, is a hard thing to do. It's hard to sacrifice for other people. It's hard to sacrifice anything that you want. Um, but sacrifice is a main component of life, and it's how the world becomes better, in my opinion. Uh, the way that we sacrifice for one another can make a difference in the world, and it's a missing component. We don't want to sacrifice ourselves for others. We don't want to sacrifice what we want for what someone else wants. We don't want to make that sacrifice, but if we did, what a different world it would be. So we're going to talk about sacrifice. We're going to look at a couple different ways that we can sacrifice, um, and then a couple different ways that sacrifice may be used incorrectly. So as we do that, let's just start by uh, really talking through how can we sacrifice for others. Well, and the word sacrifice is just so fundamental to our faith. Uh, we are here, child and children of God, because of Jesus' sacrifice, so he did exactly what you said. He laid down and died to self. And, and it's interesting because we've quoted that verse over the last, uh, or quoted the, the theory uh, the last couple of podcasts of, about uh, do not think of yourself more highly than, than another. But the two verses preceding that in Romans 12, he says that I'm urging you, brothers, by the mercy of God, to be a living sacrifice, and a sacrifice which is a weird two words put together, sacrifice, always had the connotation of death, but he's asking you to have, be a living dead. So it it's, tells me that it's not a one, you know, your sacrificial part of your life is not a one-time thing, a one and done. It's a continual one. And I continually have to lay down or die to myself. And I don't think the, the two verses after that are don't think of yourself highly than the other. I don't think you can do that until you, you know, the prerequisite to doing that is is sacrificing. So, um, it, it has a, a negative connotation to it, though, doesn't it? That that goes back to us thinking God's just a taker. He just wants to be a joy a joy killer, a buzz kill. He wasn't wants to, me to sacrifice all the things that I enjoy for Him. That's kind of the the old church method. Yeah, we always look at sacrifice as what I'm losing. Correct. Yep. But in truth, it's not what I'm losing and never getting back. It's what I'm losing for someone else gaining. What I am putting down so that someone else can pick it up. I think sacrifice in a lot of ways is, is like you said, it's fundamental to faith, but it's also fundamental to humanity. Is if we sacrifice for one another, it makes a huge impact on that other person's life. And and this can be go hand in hand with humility, as we've talked about a couple of podcasts ago. In, in humility, you can sacrifice and you can think of others as uh, more highly than yourself. Um, but sacrifice sometimes goes without merit. Sacrifice sometimes go, goes without acknowledgement. Sacrifice sometimes uh, is 
is completely unbeknownst to the person receiving that sacrifice. I think that we can sacrifice and lay down and, and die, our, kill our desires off for someone else's desires um, very easily, and yet we don't do it. Mm-hmm. You know, and we think it's such a hard thing, but in, in all reality, we do that all the time. If you're a parent, you know, you know nothing but sacrifice. You sacrifice your free time. You sacrifice extra cash. Uh, you sacrifice your TV. I mean, that's who I know it was a man who invented TiVo and DVR because he had to take care of his kids when his wife went to the gym and he thought, I'm going to miss my game. And so, yeah, really, we we do have fundamental pieces of our life that are sacrifice, and which tells you that it, it's not necessarily a bad thing because you enjoy spending time with your kids. Yes, I had to not go golfing today. Uh, I had to not read this book I'm on because my child's awake. Yes, I had to get up at three in the morning because my child was crying. That That's sacrifice. And we do that based out of love. And so I think sacrificing to someone we love is easy. But I think what we've talked about in the past is how do you sacrifice for people you don't know or people who are unlovely? Well, and I think that's the big question is how do we do that? I, I think, uh, you know, like we've said, sacrificing, laying down your desires for someone else's, that is very difficult. Um, but I think if we look at life as ours, it's very easy uh, to be selfish with it and not to sacrifice. If we look at at the things that we have as ours, it's very easy to want to hold on to them, to grasp them, to, to, to have that really kung fu grip on it, mm-hmm. uh, so to speak. Um, it's very easy to want to continue to hold on to and strive for the things that we want when we see it as ours, as we see it as something we can obtain. Um, but I think the first thing we need to do is switch that mindset a little bit, is this life isn't ours. You know, Jesus says this life is a vapor, mm-hmm. um, which is very scary as I'm going to turn 40 in a few months. You're much more vaporous <laughs> you know, Yeah, is I've realized that life is a vapor. Life goes yeah. by quick especially when you have kids um, or you have things that you're you're constantly inundated with. Um, but nonetheless, life is a vapor. Life is fleeting. Life is going to be here one minute and gone the next. And it's not whoever dies with the most treasures, <laughs> die, you know, wins. It's, it's how can I use this life to enhance others? How can I use this life to enhance the world? How can I use this life to make other people's lives better. I mean, if we're just looking at this life as what can we get, what can we get, what can we get, how can we retire early, how can we obtain the most money so that we can do that, how can we, um, someone said it the other day, is how can we um, get as much as we can get so that we can stop serving people and and just Mm -hmm. live comfortably? If life is all about how we live comfortably, then we got it all wrong. Yeah, And so we got to change that mindset from, living life comfortably, having all the toys, having all the, all the accolades, having all of the things that we want, um, to living a life that is lifting other people up, that is growing other people. And I think this is the big, um, I'm going to rant a little bit longer, but I think this is the big issue with, uh, capitalism versus socialism that's going on right now in the United States of America is there's, there's this, we can't be socialist because I'm going to lose my crap. Um, you know, or 
we can't we can't have Obamacare because now my health care is going to go up. We can't have socialized medicine because yeah. now my taxes are going to go up. Well, you keep looking at it like it's yours, you know, yeah. rather than looking at the help and the betterment that it can 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 be. And I'm not saying socialist socialism is the answer, but we got to be stop being afraid of what we losing what we have and start being uh, more proactive and giving people what they need. Yeah. Yeah. If if people did that, you wouldn't even have to talk about socialism because you'd be living a life like we talked about in the past where you give to others, you know, and, and sacrifice biblically always has the connotation of of giving up something. But for a bigger picture, you know, Christ died for our salvation and our righteousness. Uh, Abraham was asked to sacrifice Isaac. It was it wasn't that it was for the bigger picture of that it was one of the verses that Acts says proved his faith. You know, it was counted into him as righteousness because he believed in God. And uh, so when you I guess it's, it's about framing sacrifice, because if you frame it in a correct way, then it doesn't seem bad. It's positive. I'm, I'm looking at the bigger picture. I remember a couple of years ago it was the year that Houston Astros won the World Series. And uh, I, I was following them like everybody did. I'm a bandwagon jumper, I got to admit. So I was following them. And then Jose Altuve, the second baseman, was flirting with with uh, 300, his batting average. You need one more hit that game. And he would have went over 350 and been leading the, Na- uh, the American League or National League, whatever they're in. They're in the American League. American League, yeah. And so he was up. He'd already been, He had two hits that day. He's up. Um, they were down by one run. And there was a man on first. And he bunted. He sacrificed his at bat, got thrown out at first, moved the runner to second, the runner scores, they win the game. I mean, so the bigger picture wasn't about myself and my batting average. I gave up my bat. It was the last time he batted that game too. I gave up my spot for a designated out for the betterment of the team. So I think sacrifice is all about how we frame it in our head. If we understand the bigger picture, the shallow narrow picture is what's what about me? Like you said, what am I losing? What am I not gaining? But the bigger picture, I think we look at, then it it makes sacrifice uh, almost uh, something enjoyable. We the last couple of verses of Acts chapter five, where it said the apostles were uh, beaten and told not to go out and speak about Christ, and they left, and it said they were they were rejoicing, counting counting it worthy to suffer for God, like they were sacrificing their life and 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 sacrificing their body and sacrificing their reputation for God, they framed that in such a way that it was, sacrifice wasn't a bad thing. It was a glorious thing that they rejoiced in. So I think the onus is on us to when we think about sacrificing, looking at the bigger picture instead of the narrow, small uh, you know, vision only that revolves around us. Yeah, looking at the big, bigger picture, we need to switch that mindset to, to look at the bigger picture rather than um, you know, the, the smaller micro yeah. view of us. Um, the, the way I think of it also is, is looking at things that are going to last versus things that are right in front of me. And, yep. and, and here's one, one thing that continues to happen to me. And this is where I see sacrifice in my life and everyone may laugh at me for this <laughs> um, because it is very petty and very materialistic and very dumb. Um, but, uh, I, I think that the hardest thing I I have to encounter with sacrifice is when I've gone to Chick-fil-A and I have a chicken sandwich <laughs> and I have a french fry and I'm hungry 
and I see that homeless person on the corner mm. as I drive back up. Many times I have said, here is my sandwich. Here is my French fry. I will go get another one from Carl's Jr. instead, which sucks. <laughs> but many other times I have said, nope, I don't see you. Put my hand up so I can't see you. What homeless guy? You know, what homeless guy? <laughs> um, but I think that's how we view sacrifice. And I know that's that's a really shallow thing right there. Yeah, no, but uh, it's... Sh- it, shallow view of sacrifice, but I think it's true is because I'm thinking of my hunger. I'm thinking of right. what I want. I'm thinking of the the temporary gratification that that Chick-fil-A sandwich with ranch on it and pickles. french fries, no pickles. Oh, no that's, pickle. Gosh, oh, heresy. Um, no pickle, no butter, add ranch. Pristine, awesome. Well, Anyways, I'd give that to a homeless guy too. Go back and get one with a pickle. Goodness, <laughs> but nonetheless. So your vis- your definition of sacrifice is is painful and uh, hurting, as opposed to a bigger picture of I, I might have made this guy's day. I might have kept yeah. him moving for well, another. Well, well, it's short sighted, right? Because short sighted says I want to enjoy this. I want to now. eat this. I went and drove twenty minutes to go get this. I want this now. Yeah. I want. <laughs> I, I, I want to eat this. I, it's It's been, my mouth's been watering. My mouth's watering just talking about it right now. Um, but I want this. But you know what? I could give it to this guy and he would have food. And I don't know his situation, but he doesn't look like he has much. So he, here's some food. You can have it. I'm going to go get this. And, and it's that concept that I think we miss is the, the concept of instead of our temporary gratification, mm-hmm. looking at some you know, that may be the only meal that that person's had in a week. You know, that may be the, the only thing that they're going to have be given to them all day. Um, I don't know what, what that may be to Mm -hmm. them, but it's probably bigger than what it is to me. And and it's, and it's the bigger picture than what I have. But, but I guess, you know, what are some other ways that we can sacrifice? I think that's maybe what we need to talk about because we, we've understood that you need to change your mindset from, Small view, temporary view to macro, mm-hmm. uh, eternal view is now, I, I guess, what are some of the ways that we can sacrifice for other people? Because as I'm thinking about it, that's a very shallow one, but that's the first one that comes to mind. And some might say, was that really sacrificed if you went and bought another one at Carl's Jr.? Well, and that's why I say it's shallow. <laughs> and I, you know, even before you think of other ways to do it, I think what puts you in a good mindset is trying to reflect on all the people that sacrificed for us from parents. Maybe maybe our dads didn't reach their dream because they wanted to work real hard so we could go to college. Maybe so. Who sacrificed for me? If I do, if I really think it makes me more grateful and it makes my ability to sacrifice moving forward a, a little easier. So, uh, and I mean, you can say all the all the right things. I, World War II veterans who are called the greatest generation ever. They, you know, we get to enjoy freedom because they they sacrifice our lives, and that that is all true. And I think we need to continue to hold up and thank a veteran for what they've done. But uh, that's a good question. How else? Because I mean, we could come up with about ten or twelve ones that people would say shallow, but are they really shallow? If they're heartfelt, are they really shallow? Well, and I think remembering who sacrificed for us is a a good place to be first of all before we go into the the ways that we can do this so sorry for the back and forth with everyone but um as i sit there and hear you say that i think that's why we have a generation coming up 
and I know every generation says the next the the generation behind it is <laughs> so spoiled, but yeah. I, I I see it so much as a parent that my kids are spoiled in a lot of ways. Entitled. Because they don't understand the sacrifice that it costs mm-hmm. to for them to be able to do the things that they're doing. I mean, granted my kids are toddlers, but um I also see it in in my nephews and nieces generation is a lot of them can get really angry. I mean Oh, what's that girl on Dr. Phil? Cash me outside, girl. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. While people say that's the extreme version of selfishness, that that cash me outside girl who who doesn't respect anyone and who just signed million dollar record deal, which is just ridiculous. Um, But nonetheless, I think while she's the extreme, I think there's a lot of people that fall a little less... um, a little less extreme than she does um, that are in that same generation. And and I think that like for cell phones, I remember getting my first cell phone and I was not allowed to talk on it, (laughs) do anything on it. It's kind of counterproductive. (laughs) It was an emergency phone that stuck in my car and had to be. Or something they could call you, but yeah. yeah. Had to be plugged into the, the, uh, the (laughs) telephone or the, the, sorry, the lighter thing there, the lighter adapter. Yeah. But you know, everyone has a phone nowadays and they're all $900. I'm just like, my kid's not going to get that. Uh, I mean, they, they'll get the four button phone, you know, because they don't need that. No. That That's not a, a necessity. Um, I'm not going to sacrifice the things I want for their phone call. There you go. But I, I, other people, <laughs> yeah. other people do sacrifice. And, and you see kids break their phones all the time saying, mom, I need a new phone. Dad, I need a new phone. Yep. And you're just like, why are you buying them a new phone? They can't handle the phone that they have. Why are you sacrificing that money? Yeah that you worked hard for in order to do that. But, but I think that what I'm saying is I think a lot of the generation coming up doesn't understand that sacrifice that they've been given things over and over and over again without understanding what it took to get that. You know, I I think the thing that my dad always tried to instill me in in me is that you need to earn your money in order to, to pay for what you want. And sometimes he didn't and sometimes he did, but I, I learned when I turned 16 that, Hey, I got to start working. And my dad blessed me with like, Hey, he paid for my gas. He paid for my insurance for my mm-hmm. car, but that was pretty much it. He didn't pay for college. He didn't pay for a lot of yep. other things, but he helped me out along the way. And I appreciate the sacrifice that they gave me in order to go to college. You know, they took over car payments for me. They, there's sacrifice out there, but we need to appreciate it. Yeah. So if we don't appreciate it, then we won't value what we have. And so that would definitely be, one of the ways we could sacrifice is, is sacrifice to others as we've been sacrificed to. Uh, and it does go back. It does go back to attitude. And, and you put a lot of pressure on me like three or four podcasts ago saying all my illustrations are biblical. So now I feel pressured to do one, but you, you it takes certain wisdom and discernment to make sacrifices too. So if you read through the book of Acts, the church in Jerusalem gave all their money to the apostles as they went and then midway through acts paul's saying hey could you guys help out this church in jerusalem they're broke so sometimes sacrifice still requires common sense and some wisdom and discernment so would would it would it be okay for me to sacrifice my whole savings account to help this family while my kids don't get to eat next week that would be irresponsible so Mm -hmm. i think before we figure out how we sacrifice we can't do it emotionally we uh, a wise man counts the cost before he builds a house the bible says so in my sacrifice i need to make sure that there's wisdom and discernment hooked to that too and and 
check that it's just not a, a, a feeling motivated thing that because uh, it made me feel good to give that. Uh, that would go back to the whole big picture thing we talked about in our last podcast. So I think those are some of the filters that we need to put in place before we start to sacrifice. Well, I think that filter is really good. Um, however, I think that sometimes we're limited by that filter. Hmm. And I, I've seen it a couple times where where someone has sacrificed and, and given up money, like specifically given up money be, because they, um, they they saw someone in need. And they said, okay, hey, this person needs $200. I don't have an extra $200, but, you know, I'm just going to believe that God's going to take care of me. Yep. And so they give that $200. I had someone say this, that they gave $200 to this person that they saw in need and didn't know how they were going to to, to do it. And then turned around and less than five minutes later, Correct. someone gave them a, a card and said, happy birthday. And it had a $200, $200 inside of it. Yeah how that denomination was was built was just so weird but god knew i mean god had them putting out that putting money in that card and before that the first person gave the money away so i think that sometimes well, that would qualify for discernment and wisdom too i really feel yeah. that god has led me to do this it doesn't make sense which most of god's sacrifice calls don't uh, Abraham, kill your son. Abraham, move. Where am I going? Don't yeah. know. So, yeah, but I, I, I do agree that we can over filter something and then it ruins, it, it quenches the spirit of God in our life. And I think if that filter's logical, you wouldn't give away that $200. Correct. Because, hey, I don't know, you know, I don't have this extra to do. Yeah. But you got to think beyond logic. Correct. And, and you have to think with the concept of, okay, God, I'm, I feel like you want me to do this. I'm going to do it. I don't know how you're going to provide yeah. for this, but I trust you. Just provide for me, and I'm, I'm, I'm trust you. And, and so I think it's important that we not be limited by that filter no, because of logic, but instead we we know that um, beyond that filter is a supernatural thing happening yeah. that 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 can take care of us. And so we need to, um, while being discerning and not giving away our entire savings account, you, you may be led to give away more than what you're Agreed. you know willing to sacrifice yeah. no, in order to do that. I agree. Well, and I think another way that we can sacrifice is we can sacrifice in the way of time and ability. Um, you know, when we see people broken down on the side of the uh, of the freeway, we can stop and help. It's a novel concept, but we're we're allowed to. <laughs> yeah. um, you know, I, I I think that that's one of the biggest ones that years ago God was like continued to push on me with. And I did it a couple of times, but there's more times than not that I didn't say, okay, you know what? I can be late to work or I can be late to church or I can be yeah. late to whatever I'm doing. Um, I'm going to, I'm going to sit and want to make sure that this person gets their tire changed or sit and make sure that yeah. they don't need help. Um, and I, I think that we can do that a lot is we can sacrifice the time. Um, you know, even though we feel like we need to be somewhere, we can say, Hey, you know what? I'm going to make sure that this person's okay. You know, I'm going to make sure that this person has safety, that they have a safe way of getting off the freeway, that they have a safe way of getting this tire change that, that if you see them in an accident that you, you, you sit and you wait, you know, for them. I, I've done that in the past when I've seen people at the, at the, um, at the gas station, saw a pair of people probably about a year ago now, and they were sitting there and they could not, they had flat tires. And so, 
I went over and I said, hey, you guys need help? And they said, yeah, we don't know how to use a tire gauge. <laughs> and I said, I don't either, but I'll figure it out yeah. for you. <laughs> and so I have Google. Yeah. And so we figured out how to, to, to get their tires filled for them mm. um, so that they could get on their way. And there's four kids in the back and two parents up front. And it was just like they were so thankful that I stopped and helped. Mm -hmm. But I think we can do that. We can lay down our desires for other people's in way of time and way of money um, in other ways as well. Yeah. It's interesting. uh, Luke's portrayal and definition of Jesus in the book of Acts chapter 10 was how God anointed Jesus of Nazareth, the Holy Spirit and with power. And he went around doing good and healing all who were under oppression of the devil because God was with them. And I'm like, if Jesus really is our example, I need, really need to be walking around doing good. And, and you know, I'm not going to touch somebody and heal him, but I maybe uh, building a relationship with them heals that. And, and, and I was thinking when you were talking about, and really probably similar to your tire story, is like a friend of mine's wife left him for another man. And uh, I, I stopped by probably every other night for three or four weeks just to sit and talk with him. And I knew he was having a hard time. And he said to me one day, it's like, just, I just thank you for all this time you've sacrificed. I didn't even think it was that to him. It was sacrifice. It didn't feel like that to me. I didn't feel like I was, I mean, could I, I could have been home, could have been doing what sitting in my chair, looking at my iPad. <laughs> was that really sacrifice? So sometimes our, sa- did it feel like sacrifice that you helped them or did it feel like, Hey, I just, I was, this was the right thing to do. So I don't even know if that feels like sacrifice. Someone in fact be sacrificed from their point of view, uh, but maybe not from our point of view. It's just really, I think, because it should be the natural outpouring of that verse we talked about, the being a living sacrifice, which means I do this every day. And so therefore it doesn't feel as dramatic as sacrifice, you know. Yeah. Well, and, and to answer your question, yes, it does feel like sacrifice. <laughs> <laughs> and, and here's the reason, okay. and, and I'll go into my next point, is um, I'm introverted. I think we all know that by now, hopefully. Yeah. Yeah. Um, if you've listened to this podcast for more than five seconds, That's why you we're not doing a video podcast. <laughs> yeah, right? Um, I don't like to go out to people. I don't like to, to yeah. talk to them. I don't like to, to start up conversations. And if someone starts up a conversation with me, I have a very difficult time mm. keeping that conversation going. I, I went to to dinner with a, a an old friend the other day and I was telling Gary about it. And, and I tell you what, I, I was so afraid going into that dinner that I was going to have absolutely nothing to say mm-hmm. because I don't have very much to say when it comes to a one-on-one situation. Um, you put me in front of 1,500 people, I can talk my head off. Yeah. But you put me in front of one person and I'm, I just shrink back. Um, so yes, it did feel like sacrifice. And I think that's the other way that we can help people it's just by checking in on them, mm-hmm. sacrificing your your time, and and I don't know how many times uh, it's been done to me, and that I've done it to others, but just saying, hey, how how are you doing? And not, hey, how you doing? Yeah. As an obligatory kind of salutation to someone when you see them, but instead, hey, you know, how how are you doing? You look kind of down, you know, or hey, how are you doing? You you look like something might be up. Um, I think we can check in on people, and I think that's that's the big thing right now that we're seeing with uh, all of the the suicide going on is is people are saying check in on people. I think that's important that we check in on people, those close to us, but also those people that we see that we may not know, and that's the hardest thing in the world for me because I am so freaking introverted mm-hmm. that I 
almost feel like I'm inconveniencing somebody by asking them those things. And I've told my wife that before. She's like, well, why didn't you say something? Because what if (laughs) there's nothing wrong? Yeah. And she comes back to me and says, well, what if there is? And I said, oh, yeah, that's true. Because I'm thinking of myself and thinking about how I feel rather than thinking about how they feel. And I think that's the way that we can sacrifice to stop thinking about ourselves and check in on people and maybe hold a conversation with them that's more than just pleasantries but is actually in-depth and and trying to help someone out, help someone through a tough time. And we said at the the end of the last podcast that it's as simple as loving God and loving others. And so... Bible says, how do we know that Christ loved us? Well, he sacrificed for us. And, and so whether you ever meet that guy on the street who didn't know how to work a tire gauge or not again, uh, I left an impression on him, impression on him. I took my grandkids out to eat one day at a red Robin and I, I was actually getting a little angry at the waitress. Like, where is she? I'm ready to get out of here. The kids are a little bit acting up. And, and then she finally came over to me and said, Oh, your bill was paid. Uh, there was an old couple there that was watching you guys and they just felt compelled to pay. And they told me to tell you to have a nice day. So I'm immediately convicted for my bad attitude against her. But I, I've talked about, well, I'm still talking about that story. It was two years ago. I'm still saying that on this podcast. So it made it their act of whether it was sacrifice. I don't know their financial situation, but they didn't have to do that for people they didn't know. It still left an impact on me. And you know what it made me do? It wasn't too much longer than I paid for somebody else's meal. I felt like, you know what, that was pretty cool. I need to pass that forward. And so their sacrifice prompted sacrifice by me. And I think that's what our sacrifice does as well. Yeah, and our, our sacrifice can be more than just all these things. I mean, our sacrifice can just be encouragement. I mean, I bet that was encouraging to you. Totally encouraging, yeah. To, that, you know, hey, my day was going this way and now it's going this way. And I think that all it takes is words, action. Yeah. It, it, it takes... Um, just the desire to do something different and out of the box for you to encourage someone, for you to be kind to someone, for you to just say something that's uplifting to someone. And I think that in itself can be a sacrifice, even though it doesn't, it's one of those shallow sacrifices, yeah. so to speak. Um, it can mean the world at the same time. And so therefore it may be shallow, but it has a big impact. Yeah. And maybe, maybe even a better word than shallow because the connotation of shallow can sometimes be, uh, negative, but like, if you want to say like, there's phase one, two, and three of sacrifices. You know, that's a phase one when I just encourage somebody. That's but it again, it's not to them. Remember, you you were talking about giving away your beloved Chick Fil A sandwich, and you wondered if that was shallow. Well, I guarantee it wasn't shallow for the guy who received that, who might have been starving, might have been wondering, what am I going to do? So while you thought it might have been a shallow attempt to him, it might have been monumental. So. I think it's then that just goes back to being obedient. I really feel like I should do this, then you should do this, yeah. you know, and that's where that's where it comes down to. So sacrifice probably finds its root in just being obedient. And you know, God laid this on my heart, so I'm going to do it. I'm not going to try to figure out how am I going to get paid back, what's going to happen. I'm just going to be obedient, and I think it's as probably simple as that. Well, I think that rolls into the next kind of place that I was going, which was how do we sacrifice to God? And I I know that sounds weird (laughs) because old Testament, you sacrificed animals, you sacrificed lamb, you, you, you had a blood sacrifice uh, for atonement for Mm -hmm. the forgiveness of sins. Right. And and that's not what we're talking about is how can I sacrifice what I want for what God wants? And the, the word that came to mind as I started thinking about that 
about five minutes ago is what does that really look like is uh, the same word that you just used, which was obedience. Mm -hmm. I think that's the ultimate sacrifice to God is instead of what I want, and sometimes it's not instead of what I want, but instead of what I want, I'm going to do what God wants because he has asked me to do it. And that's what obedience is, is obedience beyond your desires. It's obedience because of God. It's not my will, God, but yours. And that is probably the ultimate in obedience. And it's probably easy to say, not my will, God, but yours, and so hard to do. Because our will is so strong and and embedded on our hard drive that, again, it, it, I think it's why he says to be a living sacrifice because it's not a one and done. So we make this sacrifice in the morning. We may be called to make one in the afternoon. You can't say, hey, God, I made mine this morning. I'm done. And mm-hmm. so, again, go back to our very first podcast on this series is that this foundation that we're building on, if it's built on obedience, then some of these things we're talking about really becomes almost like a moot point. Yeah. Well, in obedience, I think, you know, what you said there was, is, is a sacrifice that you make in the morning, a sacrifice that you make in the afternoon, which kind of made me think of, you know, the whole concept that we talked about in the last podcast, which was dying to yourself. Mm -hmm. You know, we talked about that in the concept of being humble towards other people. But I think, um, you know, that's a, that's a point of obedience as well is, uh, when you die to yourself, when you die to your desires, when you when you put to death what you want and you pick up what God wants, you pick up the the things that he's calling to you, the characteristics that he's calling you to, um, I, I think that is the ultimate sacrifice is to God is is to 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 stop doing what you want and start doing what he wants. And you have to do that. Like you said, you may do it in the morning when you wake up, but you also have to do it in the afternoon. Mm-hmm. How many times have I said that I've gone into work and I've said, God, just, I, I just want to be about this today. I want to be <laughs> very encouraging. I want to be very loving. And then a person comes in and totally ticks me off. And uh, now for the next you know, 30 minutes, I'm thinking about how pissed off I am. And then I realize, didn't I just say I want to be encouraging? I want to be loving. Okay, let's reframe. Let's get back to that spot. Let's refocus our life yeah. on that. And then I, you know, an hour later, someone does something that that (laughs) causes me more work. And I'm sitting there thinking to myself, how could this person ask me to do this? This is so stupid. And this is something that I don't need to be working on. And then I realize that I'm not being encouraging. I'm not being loving. And I have to re-die to myself there. We have to be serial self-killers. Yes. And just continue (laughs) to do that and continue that you know, continue refocusing my motivations, refocusing mm-hmm. uh, my desires, refocusing myself and dying to myself in order to be obedient to God and be doing the things that he wants me to do, which are being that encouragement, being that loving person, yeah. being that person who is lifting others up. And so it takes that continual death over and over and over each day. And out of that repetition comes uh, a transformation becomes, you know, I, I remember when I used to do counseling for for young kids in Mesa who were in trouble with the juvie and they'd have to come and they didn't want to be there. And I always said force counseling is no counseling at all. So I'd throw them a hot rod magazine or a sports illustrator and say, here, I'll, I'll check you off in 45 minutes. You don't want to be here. I don't want to be here. And I think it's kind of that way with obedience too. Cause I mean, forced compliance really isn't compliance and forced obedience becomes an act of work and or pride and not. So the more I die to myself, the easier, the you know, we do learn our lessons over time. And, and then that obedience becomes, that sacrifice becomes pure and true because, uh, where was it? I, uh, 
uh, Eli's sons were were offering up sacrifices, and they had no right to do it. They were offering up false sacrifices. So you can say, well, they sacrificed. Well, they didn't sacrifice, A, what was theirs, and they weren't supposed to do it. So was that obedience? No, that was selfish pride that let him do that. So, uh, again, we go back to it's as simple as obedience, and uh, and if God— and maybe sometime God will say, you know what? I've had God say no, don't help someone. Uh, and I and I never didn't know why until later when I realized this guy was a liar. I didn't realize I'm I'm a sucker, and I would I would probably give everything away. My wife doesn't like me to have cash because I usually <laughs> come home empty. Uh, and, and so again, when you're when you're tuned in and you're a living sacrifice. And you're dying continually each day, and you get wisdom and discernment. Then your obedience becomes becomes pure and true, and not not a compliance issue. So, yeah, you're right. We have to do it several times a day. We've all done it. Well, and I think, like you said, it, it becomes easier as you continue to do it. Right? It's kind of like a diet. Is yeah, it's very hard to say no uh, to going out to eat, um, but when you've done it enough over time, it becomes easier. Yeah. Because your taste buds change, because you don't, lo- you no longer desire that fried. Yeah, you food. start to crave things you didn't. Uh, who craved salad? I'm craving a salad. You yeah. know, I'm, yeah. And I'm not, and that just <laughs> kind of tells you where I'm at. Um, but but at the start of this year, I started doing that, and for th- for three months, my taste buds started to change. Where I told, told my wife, I I drink milk, like whole milk. Mm-hmm. I will drink it, it glass every night. I was like, this milk tastes sour. It, it just really doesn't taste good. She's like, yeah, your taste buds are changing because that's how it's, it tastes to me every single day. Wow. And I realized that by yeah. putting away some of the fried foods, by putting away the milk, by putting away all these things, I realized that my taste buds are changing. Well, fast forward to right now, and I've gotten away from that, and now my t- taste buds have changed back. Mm-hmm. So just like you know that this obedience this obedience becomes easier as you keep going but it's, it's also of our life yeah, yeah it's easy to fall off that cliff still but you just got to get back back yeah. up and and back on so that your taste buds continue to evolve and can and continue to to really um desire obedience and desire to walk in the way of god so now you're looking for people to help and you're attentive to someone who you're looking at and like oh that person looks sad i mean i've done that where i'm looking for somebody at a Starbucks, and I know it's 20 minutes. I see a guy sitting there and looks like he's depressed. I go sit to him, say, Hey, uh, because you're now you're in tune, your taste, your taste, but your spiritual taste buds have changed, and now you're seeing things you didn't see before. And, and that's, uh, that's when your Christian life hits a sweet spot, I think. But you're right, we fall all the time. That's why you die. That's why you die daily. And I think a key insert here is that every time we take our old self back does not change God's viewpoint of us. You know, He loves us. Uh, he understands us, and he's willing to willing to say, "Okay, let's let's take number forty-seven, Jeremy. <laughs> you know, take yeah. and it's okay. You know, it's okay." Well, well, it doesn't mean you have to start over either. Correct. It means you can pick up right where you're at. Absolutely. And it's the same thing with the diet. And so often I get into this mentality is when I start eating a different way and I start a lifestyle diet. Whenever I have a bad day, a bad week, a bad month. Um, I, I, I have a hard time getting back because I think, oh no, I screwed up, you know, gotta start I, all over. you know, I got to start all over. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and that's something that Kyle said in, in our, in our, um, our podcast about healthy eating, having a good relationship with food. Mm-hmm. Um, so many ago feels like it was probably a year ago actually. Uh-huh. Um, but we, we talked about that in there is it, it's a, it's a momentary decision. So you had a bad meal. 
have a better meal next next you know it doesn't mean that you have to start all over it's the same thing with god as you fall off and it doesn't mean you have to start all over it it means make a better decision in this moment even though you screwed up in the last moment yeah and, and, and that's something so hard, I believe, for us to figure out is we can continue to live a life of obedience, continue to live a life of sacrifice, even when we mess up, even when we fall away, even when we do these dumb things that separate us, feel like yeah. they separate us from God. They don't actually, but they feel like they separate us from God. All we got to do is start back on the path and start making that next decision. That so true. You know, this week I went and did a, a video um getting ready to launch some online classes. And so there's a guy who owns a studio in Mesa. It's called Urban Truth. Give him a free plug here. Urban Truth, it's Hollywood without the attitude is what his card says. But he's doing this for us for free. So I did an introduction to my classes. And he uh, he had a green screen and all. And so as I'm talking through, I stop. He goes, listen, just keep talking. When you mess up, start right then. So I would mess up and I'd start again. Hi, my name is Gary Hall. I'm a, I'm a co-founder of Breathing Life. Ah, oh, not Breathe Life. Hi, my name is Gary Hall. I'm a co-founder of Brain Gear 2.0. And as I just kept going, just like you said, you know what he did? He edits out all the mistakes and I don't have to, I didn't have to necessarily go back and redo everything. I just picked up where I was and started new. And I think that I'm glad you said that because we are really hard on ourselves when it comes to that. Like we're, we're smacking ourselves over the fingers with a ruler and God's like, just get up. It's okay. Um, so I know great point. I'm glad you brought that up. So I, I think we can sacrifice. I think we can sacrifice to each other. I think we can sacrifice to God. I think we do that in a, a various amount of ways. Um, but the key is putting others first, putting God first, putting others first through, um, you know, p- putting their desires above ours through mm-hmm. time, through finances, through energy, through uh, just having conversations. Um, and there's many others. But if we continue to change our motives from this temporary um, gratification, this temporary feeling that we might have to a bigger picture of mm-hmm. what that might do for not only them but others. Yeah. Um, it's much easier to change our motives and begin to start seeing it in the same way as we look at God, all we got to do is be obedient. That is the biggest sacrifice. He sacrificed so much for us. And what he asks is that we love him, that we listen to his word and that we do what he says. And so, um, you know, being obedient is not a hard thing, but at the same time, it's a very hard thing. Yeah. And so let's try to be more obedient this week. Let's try to be more obedient to him. And through that, let's love others. And that's an obedient way to be obedient to him as well. And so let's do that and let's really strive for that. And by doing that, we, you know, we will be more sacrificial people. And by continuing to do that, we will continue to sacrifice. And it won't feel like we're sacrificing. Instead, it'll feel like we're just living for God and living for others. You talked about diet, having a a diet should be a lifestyle. Well, that's lifestyle Christianity when this becomes just a natural part of the way we do life. That's that's what I think being a living sacrifice is, is that while I'm living, I'm sacrificing. And, And again, not out of obedience to please him, but out of being obedience because he's called me to that. Yeah, and I, I think it's really, I mean, we keep saying it, it's a, its part of Christianity, but I think it's part of what humanity should uh, be. Agreed. You know, and I, I, I think for people who don't believe the same as we believe, 
that's what you can take from it yeah. is this is how humanity should be. And this is the way that God actually made humanity to be. It's just so often we mess it up yep. and we forget about it and we don't keep it in our focus. And so let's keep it in our focus this week as we yeah. go. Let's let's make sure that we're being sacrificial to other people. Let's try to look for points in, in our day, points in our week where we can just um, – breathe new life into people by being sacrificial where we can breathe new life into our relationship with God uh, by being obedient and that we can love both um, by the way that we act and by the way that we think and by the things that we do. So hope that that was um, inspiring to you. I I hope that it it was uh, something that you can do as well. And I hope that you enjoyed listening today as we tried to flesh that out a little bit. And uh, just hope that this week that we would all be able to do that. Um, if you did like um, any of our podcasts or you want to hear any of our old podcasts, go to rppodcast.com and you can see all the places that we uh, put our podcasts up and you can listen back. Um, you can also uh, click on any of our social media links there and get in touch with us if you want to talk more about this with us, if you have things to add to the conversation, if you have things that you want uh, to interject or a story to tell that that can um, inspire other people. Mm-hmm. We'd love to hear from you. We'd love to interact with you. And uh, we would love for you to uh, share this with others as you see fit. So um, we also just hope that you have a great week and that this this can be something that we do this week. And so we hope that you enjoy it and we will talk to you next time. 